outside. God, that would have been a woof, a woof, a rough one. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I don't know. How's everybody been doing? I'm just spittling everyone. No, but uh, how's everybody doing? I hope you're doing well. I hope your week's been going fine. You've been chilling, you know, doing your own thing, the whole nine yards, whatever. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, you know, we got Batman sequel, we got, you know, Jack, how Jack Black is going to literally be in every single movie, ever. He's starring in all of them. Uh, and he won't quit, he's not going to stop, and, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I feel like, recently with movies, every single time, okay, they're remaking, like, I had that happen with the Mario movie, like, oh, okay. They're doing the Mario's, you know, Chris Pratt's gonna be Mario, great. Uh, I think Jack Black, and then boom, Jack Black pops up, gonna be Bowser. You're like, oh, okay. Um, and then what the hell was, there was another movie recently. There was another movie recently, let me look, let me look here. Jake Blake, um, let me see here. Let me see, um, maybe, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you. Uh, where's the IMDb? Where's the IMDb? Okay. Um, oh yeah, that's what it was. He's gonna be possibly in the Borderlands movie as Claptrap. I was like, I mean, I get it. You know, man hustles. It seems like he... He's, I mean, he's always been in movies. He's been in movies since, you know, forever, of course. One of my favorite, School of Rock. But, like... <laughs> it's like, bro, calm it down or so. I don't know. It, to me, it just seems a little bit too much. It seems like when you end up being a person or a character in, like, every single goddamn movie whatever experience it to me it just seems kind of ridiculous you know and I, I get it but it's just like again it just seems like he's been in so much shit uh since then you know just so much shit just boom 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 um just kind of looking through a lot of his stuff yeah just all the jumanjis because he was in the jumanjis and the goosebump movies yeah he was in a Weird Al Yankovic music video? Interesting. Well, anyways, I just for some reason keep thinking, keep that guy keeps popping up recently. I love Jack Black. Don't get me wrong. Um, he's one of my favorites, but it just seems like it's like, bro, you know, you don't have to be in every single kid's movie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you don't have to be in every single movie. Well, it just seemed like it. Maybe it was just my luck that he just kept popping up in every single, like, it was just like, featuring Kevin Hart and Jack Black. And you're like, oh yeah, of course it is. <laughs> of course, both of them are gonna be in every single movie you'll ever see for the rest of your life. And it'll never stop and it'll just be a continuum. Um, you know, Rock will stop by every once in a while with Ryan Reynolds, maybe, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, and again, that's not even what I really want to talk about here uh, today. 
I have a, we have a lot of stuff. We have like crazy tech stuff going down. Um, I, <laughs> I just noticed this. I did not notice this before, but I literally put, I had, I made two sections, two sections for movies. Oh, Jesus. Two sections for movies. And it literally, I had a movies up above and a movies at the bottom of the list. Oh, well. To me, I don't know. I Sometimes when I'm typing this on my phone, it seems like a lot when I'm gathering it. But then when I look on my computer, when I'm doing the show, I'm like, I have nothing to talk about. There's like nothing here. There's like five, there's like five things. I somehow make it work every single time though. But it's like, oh, there's only like two things. Uh, yeah, so... Speaking of movies, you know, been talking to everybody about Batman, you know, uh, it has grown on me a little bit more. I still, it's still too long. Uh, and yeah, I don't like this trend. Movies need to get back to two hours long. Recently, we just, you know, re just talked about the new, uh, uh, what do you call that thing? Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And it's like, yeah, come on. Like, it's just like, what are we doing here? You know, what, what's, what's the deal here? Uh, it, it, it's just kind of a ridiculous situation for the most part. You know, like you just, you're just kind of, why, why do we need to be in this movie for this long? What kind of story are you actually telling here? Um, you know, because is this going to, is this reasonable or is it not reasonable? Um, you know what I mean? And, You know, it's just, it's kind of one of those things where it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's just a trend that I don't appreciate because it just seems like a lot of these movies don't utilize the three and some odd hours that they are, you know, uh, taking up of your time. You know, they don't utilize any of the things that they need to. Uh, they don't tell a story better. They don't give you more information. It just kind of seems like a waste of time with a lot of like shots, not even shots that are good. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're gorgeous. That was my biggest problem with, uh, or not my biggest problem, but I guess my biggest, uh, struggle with, um, the new Blade Runner is the movie was gorgeous. It was like such a gorgeous movie, but it just, had so many parts of it that you really just it didn't matter like we didn't need to see him take all that time walking through the desert to get into the like i didn't need a lot of that i didn't need a lot of that and uh you know um the batman movie being long and that trend kind of cropping up uh and i think because a lot of people, I think for a long time, people were like, oh, well, the new generation, they don't have an attention span. They can't do this. Uh, so we can't do movies that are long. They can't do. But then you had people like Joe Rogan and all of these podcasts and stuff crop up that were, you know, things that were like four hours long, you know, content that was ridiculously long that people were listening to the entire thing. Right. Uh, I don't know if Hollywood caught on to that. And I mean, I guess you kind of get it with the binge watching with TV shows, which became a big thing for a lot of people. Uh, you definitely got that. Uh, and so maybe, you know, they caught on and they were like, OK, well, people can handle this long form content that takes a while and it's kind of there. 
uh, for a while, but I just, I've, I've always been more of a fan of a succinct story, you know, something that gets to the point, something that is really kind of, um, cause it doesn't have to be brief. It can take a long time to get to its point. But if, if, if it takes a long time, you have to really think about the whole entire thing and be like, I don't think I could take anything out of that. I don't think any part of it was wasted. And I've just found more and more and more in movies that significant parts of the movies are like wasted time thing plot points or even things scenes character development just weird stuff that for some reason the writers felt like they had to tie up and whatever the hell else had to happen it's just like for all these different weird there's a lot of weird stuff that i feel like happens in a lot of modern movies and i just it just kind of boggles my mind um but you know beyond that and beyond my reservations about the length of batman of course did well uh, let's see how much did it make in total. The Batman, the Batman, um, the Batman. Oh, it made 600 million so far box office, but I don't, do they stop? Do they stop the box office or does that just keep rolling forever? Uh, but 600 million. So obviously it's going to get a sequel. Uh, it's getting a sequel works, you know, it's in the works with Robert Pattinson. I don't know if anybody saw the... Um, I don't know if anybody saw the Joker or whatever you would call that character, the Joker character in Arkham. There are a couple different theories about the whole entire situation. That video, if you haven't seen, you could unlock by going through like a Riddler kind of challenge thing that happened with uh, like a website that you go to that was kind of promotional for the movie. You had to crack a code and then a video appeared. And it's like a five minute long uh, video of Batman kind of going to this character who was the Joker or seemingly the Joker uh, in Arkham and asking him to help him kind of like figure out uh, what's going on with this Riddler character and blah, blah, blah. And it was such a riveting scene. Um, it's really like it really kind of captures uh the uh, kind of unmovable or uh, unstoppable force, unmovable object relationship that the bat, like that Batman and kind of Joker have. And I th would, I thought it would be interesting if they just didn't have a movie where th like this whole entire Robert Pattinson, like, like saga of Batman just don't have a Joker movie. Like there's no movie with Joker as the bad guy. Joker is just this weird confidant shadow situation. That's kind of out of the bounds of Batman and his situation, you know, I think that would kind of be a lot more interesting and then kind of delve more into Batman's other villains because he has a lot of villains that people haven't tapped. You know, we haven't seen a good modern Poison Ivy in my opinion, you know, in my opinion, we haven't seen, uh, you know, a Mr. Freeze, a good modern one beyond, you know, the Tim Burton ones and stuff. I mean, we haven't gotten some of those uh, iconic bad guys that are the old bad guys that used to be in Batman, like a modern twist on them. Um, and I just think it would be interesting to kind of go that direction with them. I'm curious what they are going to do with the sequel. If they'll just jump right back in with the Joker or if they're going to, you know, try to do something else. If they're going to try, like I said, try to like kind of breach and kind of go into Batman's other villains and their kind of, you know, situation because he has so many different villains and so many different directions that he could take a lot of the characters. And especially now with kind of how he's depicted the world and kind of what it is and how Batman is and how Batman's kind of integrated in the, in the whole situation. Uh, it's, it's a lot, it's interesting. It's a very different, uh, feeling 
um, then I think what you got was like, say, the Christopher Nolan Batman and stuff like that. And so I'm very curious to see what they do with the sequel. I'm very curious to kind of see kind of where they take that and where they flesh it out, you know, a little bit more. Uh, it, you know, I have kind of become numb to the superhero movies in general. Uh, I tire of them in general, and I just really haven't found, though I haven't really gone looking for any actual, like, good movies in the grand scheme of things. I need to catch back up on, like, some of the Wes Anderson movies and stuff I used to like, because I, you know, or that I haven't watched, because I, you know, like a lot of his movies. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff I need to catch up on. And a lot of the mainstream movies that I've gone to, unsurprisingly, have been very, un, you know, inspiring for the most part, uh, which is kind of a, you know, uh, kind of, you know, a bummer. I, I still haven't seen things like Dune, though, which is definitely one I have to catch up on. I have to do a lot of catching up, uh, it seems. Uh, another series uh, that I've, you know... I keep hearing them talk about this. I keep hearing people talk about this. And this is why I wanted to bring it up. Uh, I guess now there's officially, there's officially a title for the new Avatar movie. Avatar 2, right? It's Avatar The Way of the Water. <laughs> um, you know, cool. Like, for me... This is what's kind of shenanigans, like kind of shenanigans, whatever you want to call it, crazy, ridiculous about this whole situation. It's been like, what, a decade? I mean, I guess maybe it's crazy that I'm used to sequels coming out sooner, but I feel like what, it's been like a decade or two that we've been sitting here like waiting for like, well, no, at least a decade that we've been kind of waiting for Avatar 2, practically. Uh, that There have been talks about it that he's been having trouble because of the drama, because of the water element of it. The fact that it's even going to be an underwater movie and underwater culture and blah, 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 blah. Um, and it just, to me, is all built on top of a foundation when it comes to Avatar in the first movie uh, that's just not really interesting like i just when i saw the original avatar i was like okay it's a gorgeous movie love the 3d best 3d not still in my opinion the best 3d there was a lot of 3d that came after that movie because i went to 3d movies a lot there was a lot of 3d uh that came out after that movie that really kind of pushed that technology uh especially the newer version of it uh significantly um before everybody just kind of dropped it um, and so Avatar was interesting in that aspect. That's not, this movie's not going to have that because I doubt that they're going to bring 3D back. Maybe they will try to, but I doubt. Uh, and so it's not going to have that aspect of it that's going to kind of bring everybody in. And again, it was Pocahontas. That was basically the storyline. I mean, a little bit different, but for the most part, Pocahontas. So what are you going to do with that? Uh, the evil space marines have stopped coming to the planet. So what is now the new bad guy? Is it going to be the planet? Is it going to, you know, there's a lot of weird elements and things to like consider. Uh, and, and sure, you know, they've, of course, you know, it's his story, his baby, whatever, do, do what you want with it. But uh, to me, you know, I've been hearing about this movie forever. We uh, haven't really seen a lot of it. Some behind the scenes footage, some weird stuff that, you know, uh, but again, he was also the mastermind behind uh, the abyss. I'm pretty positive, right? It's James. 
yes the abyss which is amazing amazing it's an amazing movie james cameron is one of is you know has a lot of movies that are some of my favorite movies you know uh the abyss being one of those and so he has you know he and in him doing all of the stuff with the titanic so he has a lot of uh underwater expertise you could say and so maybe he could pull off a good avatar underwater movie but I just really wonder if it's going to do anything for anybody. You know, it's been so long. The hype's probably over or done with. You know, I don't know. It's just, I, the, I, there's these things that I, you know, kind of trying to take into consideration when it comes to this kind of stuff that kind of boggles my mind. And especially when I was seeing stories, I was seeing people talking about like, oh, James Cameron, Avatar 2 gets an official title. I'm like, why are we talking about this movie that's getting an official title? Like, what, why, like, what other movie, like, okay, yeah, every once in a while, You'll, you'll hear about a, a dumb news article that is, this movie has a title now. And they'll talk about the title just as an excuse to talk about the movie or whatever. And I get that. But to me, this speaks of like this movie is still kind of like maybe long in the tooth. And I don't know, maybe is, is it coming out later this year? I have no idea. I don't think there's even, is there a release date? Uh, um, avatar to let's see is there oh okay so they're gonna try to push it for this year okay well we'll see we'll fucking see i'm not 100 sure you know i'm always skeptical uh he could delay the movie until next year but okay maybe he's pushing it for this year so that's why we're getting all this info on it but just i don't know it just seems so crazy and he wants to do like what three or four more movies and i'm like I mean, okay. I mean, we'll see how Avatar does. I mean, I, in a sense, because it was one of the biggest movies, you'll definitely have a decent chunk of people wanting to go out and at least check it out because they checked out the first one, you know? So I can totally see that. I can totally see that. Um, in other news, tech news, uh, Elon buys Twitter, of course, uh, and has already been doing all kinds of ridiculous ass shit on there. Uh, such as supposedly, I think, banning Grimes. I don't remember if that, if I ever actually found out if that was a real story, but that might not even be a real story. But, you know, kind of, you know, already getting into little tussles with different people, you know, making weird comment. Like somebody posted the thing that he mentioned to AOC about the whole flirting thing. And you're like, oh my, it's just, it, you just, you just really kind of, and then you have this, and then you have the government doing their fucking like information or disinformation bureau, and you're like, what future are we rushing into? Some kind of like crazy dystopian combination of like whatever. Um, it's just ridiculous. Uh, it to me, it's just kind of crazy. And the fact that he could, that he thought that in doing this, that he could then kind of push a pseudo agenda of his own that would allow him to, I don't know, you know, like just, you know, kind of throw his weight around and then bring people on. And, you know, I, I was reading an article um, where somebody was talking about, I guess, the MyPillow guy already got re-banned, right? Uh, and so you get to a certain point with these people where it's like, well, yeah, if you have a code of conduct or a TOS or anything on your website that says you can't do X, Y, and Z, you're going to have people that break that. And a lot of these people that have been kicked off of XYZ website have kind of rightfully so broken it. But then, of course, you had people like Trump 
who forever, you know, for a long time broke TOS, but they didn't want to take it away from him because he was the president. And I think that was the biggest thing is it wasn't that they didn't want to take away from him. It was that he was president and it would get into legally kind of weird gray territory because he's the president. Um, and so it's just interesting to see what's going to happen now because say if Trump wins again, is Elon going to let him have an account back? Is he going to be more strict with the account? Is Twitter even going to exist by that time point? And then what will Trump use as his bully pulpit? Uh, who knows? You know, there's all kinds of weird things with how this stuff all works. And it's just, I just kind of thought it was so ridiculous that he, you know, like even kind of offered it the way he did and then was kind of talking about trying to use it as like a to turn it into like this bastion of free speech, whatever. And it's like, OK, man, like good luck with that. And the Internet, you know, has its problems and people try to build communities that, you know, police themselves and deal with things the way they deal with things. But, you know, I don't know, man, like uh, any anybody that starts kind of standing up and talking like all of the uh dystopian uh authoritarian figures i've read in books and played and fought against in video games i don't i usually when people start saying shit like those people i usually end up being like okay avoid that person that person excuse me that person's obviously psychopath um so that's ridiculous on top of that we also have people fucking around with twitch which is depressing um mainly because Twitch was working pretty good. There was, I heard, you know, rumblings of kind of heart people having, you know, trouble dealing with and kind of working with uh, people at Twitch. Uh, you know, I've heard all kinds of stuff in that realm. Um, but I guess recently Bloomberg, I don't, well, I read this on Bloomberg, but I don't know if that's specifically where, uh, who, who broke the story, but they were saying that, supposedly Twitch is going to change, start change their partner system, start requiring more ads, start giving less split, uh, start doing new tiers, no exclusivity, all kinds of things that are going to impact the way people make money on Twitch and kind of change, possibly change the way that it's going to go. Um, depending on how this works and how much this actually impacts people in the, uh, that are streamers and the amount of money that they make, We'll see, and that could cause an exodus because, and, you know, but I, I think the only reason that somebody like Twitch would be making a move like this at all is because they know that there's not going to be an exodus because I think, you know, YouTube has kind of punted their uh, streaming service to a certain degree integrated through YouTube. Now I watch it, you know, I watch a couple different people on YouTube, including Ludwig and stuff like that stream, and he's tried it seems like very hard to bring some of the functionality that isn't a part of YouTube to YouTube kind of from, from Twitch kind of expand it a little bit, which is interesting. Um, but I just don't think, I just don't think you get, uh, I just, I just think this, uh, I, th this mentality that a lot of companies have of just trying to kind of like ascertain more money, um, and not like foster communities that then can like last forever and then just make money forever. Like the short term gain mentality always seems to kind of come back and bite people in the ass. And I just hope it doesn't bring something like Twitch down because Twitch is such an interesting kind of 
uh, you know, social kind of social experiment situation where, you know, all these different interactions that you that that, that you can have with streamers and the information that streamers find out. And uh, there's so much there's so many things that kind of happen and take place on Twitch. It would be a bummer if that website kind of started going in an odd path. And again, where would people go? And I do think live streaming of a certain kind is going to be like the future of uh, content. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. A lot of people still like their, you know, bite-sized content when it comes to uh, TikTok, and, you know, people like that kind of like, you know, feed, idea but i also think there's a big audience out there that likes the uh instant like feedback like you're talking to somebody like the back and forth that you get with something like twitch that you that i don't think you really get with anything else i think it's something that a lot of these companies should try to capitalize on and they've already they already have in their own ways you know like facebook live for instance and i know i recently i think reddit recently released their own like live stream thing so there's a lot of interesting places and a lot of interesting stuff happening in that realm but you know it's just not good to hear that this is going to come down the pipeline i've heard some rumblings from a couple streamers that i watch on twitch you know talking shit about it there was even a guy on twitch uh, talking shit about it. I saw it in like my recommended. He was like, is it going to be the end of primes? Is it going to be the end of this? Is it going to be the end of that? It's being all like inflammatory, probably just to bring people in, but it was kind of a funny thing to kind of see. And I, I'm kind of just watching, seeing what everybody kind of slowly starts talking about on Twitch and kind of what people start bringing up because, uh, if it becomes more apparent that this is going to be a problem for a lot of people that possibly causes a shift, possibly causes a move, then, you know, that could be an interesting development to kind of see, you know, I haven't really heard, I've heard Hassan talk about it a little bit, but there's also some people that have different contracts and things and like that, like a couple of the other streamers I watched said that uh, Twitch is not going to be able to get away with this, with them at least, until contract renewal time. So they're locked in for the immediate future. How true or real that is and how many people are in that situation, who knows. But uh, it is an interesting thing going down. It is interesting to see companies kind of make those moves. We'll kind of see what happens more in that realm. Uh, I was hearing more stuff about the uh, new NVIDIA cards they're supposedly building a prototype 900 watt version um, that they're just kind of like throwing around. I think it was like a prototype prototype version. Um, I don't know if it's just because they're trying to see if they could push the silicone, probably just to see how far they can push the silicone to see if they want to stick with what they're doing or go in a different direction. Because a lot of where uh, NVIDIA... And I think AMD's cards are even like this too. A lot of the direction that they've gone in is very much like a, this card responds to the amount of heat and electricity that's going through it. So the cooler you keep the card, the faster it can run, which is why the LN2 and a lot of the, you know, uh, super cold overclocking um, ridiculousness has come from. Um, but I feel like on the opposite end of that, it has also led to a lot of manufacturers being like, well, fuck it. Let's just, sh let's pump as much electricity into this thing as we possibly can. Let's just like push this thing to such a ridiculous degree. Um, and I just really wonder if it, if it's worth it <laughs> or if it's, if it's just gonna be worth it ultimately, because 
for me, you know, some of the stuff is kind of like, okay, I want to see more performance, but I do, I did like a lot of the efficiency that we were getting from a lot of the previous generation, like hardware, when it came to like CPUs, GPUs, everything, the kind of trend that we had been going on for years where it was kind of like efficiency, efficiency. And then it seemed like recently, at least specifically with Intel, I noticed with their CPUs, they were just like, we're going to hammer this motherfucker and it's just going to hammer it to get it to hit this specific, uh, um, performance level. Um, and for me, I just don't understand. I just, I, I would rather have something that runs cooler, quieter, that is more efficient and therefore runs faster than have something that runs faster just because we're brute forcing it with power and stuff like that. That's, that's one aspect of it that I think I would probably like, you know, uh, honestly change, um, and a lot of people are talking about the 40 series cards, uh, pushing, you know, into a decent, like in a decent, like high end range. Um, supposedly the cards are entering testing, entering testing phase right now. Um, and I guess there's rumors suggest that, you know, the new cards could probably there. I was seeing some people say two point like three two point five times more performance but it seems like uh the more consor conservative uh people the more conservative um commentators and commenters that i've seen have kind of pegged it around the typical because i guess some of the previous uh nvidia launches the 20 and 30 series both had about a 1.6 ish to you know times almost two but not exactly two increase like a 30 percent ish increase in performance uh whereas like this generation could see a more significant increase in per in performance possibly due to uh the um switching over to tsmc's uh new i think it was uh 4n or um, something like that uh architecture or their their process um Switching to that could be more efficient, could use a lot less electricity. That's another rumor that I've been hearing floating around the rumor mill is that the cards could possibly use like less electricity than people are thinking that they're going to use. Uh, or people are also thinking that they're going to move up all of the levels, all of the categories of the card. So what was the 3080 is really going to be the 3070 this time. And that's the card they're going to point everybody at is the 3070 card. Whereas like the 3080 and 3090 are now going to become basically like the high end, which is the 3080. And then the Titan, which is the 3090. And then they're going to place the TIs or the supers or whatever they call it in between those to further, you know, segment the market and try to scoop up as many people as possible. It's going to be interesting to see if they're going to have a lot of graphics cards at launch. Um, the prices have been getting ridiculous, but I'm still kind of holding because um, I haven't had bought a graphics card. I've literally been just sitting on this computer that I bought, not sitting on it. I've been using it, um, but I bought a new computer about like a year and a half ago, I think, at this point. And I've just been using my old 980 Ti. Well, not mine, but it's a friend's uh, 980 Ti. And just cruising on that thing for a couple years. And that was in my old build. And it's been holding up okay, but, you know, I moved to... 2k monitors and you know two of them and you know and so you're getting you're you need more flops you need more team flops you know you need more power uh <laughs> i'm just kidding um but yeah 
so I've been looking around at graphics cards. The prices are getting crazy. Um, so we'll see. I don't want to hold out too much longer because I feel like I feel like if you hold off too much longer, they might stop producing the cards because they're getting ready to produce the 40 series cards. And so then the price of the cards are going to go back up possibly because supply is going to go down. You know, you're going to get all these weird fluctuations and I don't want to be caught in the middle of that. So we're just going to see, we're going to wait, see if I can't get a good 3080 at a good, like, you know, 800 ish to 900 ish dollar price range. I really don't want to play a grand for the, uh, 3080 12 gig, but I also kind of want to, uh, just because I've heard that that little bit of performance boost that that gives that card plus the two gigs is actually kind of nice in the grand scheme. Plus everybody's been talking about the more memory. So it's like, why wouldn't you want something like that? But whatever, uh, you know, people go back and forth with that stuff. The graphics card market seems to be healing. Everything seems to be coming back. We'll see kind of how everything breaks out, uh, for the most part. Um, you know, but it's, 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 it's hard to tell at this point, you know, it's very hard to tell how everything's going to kind of break out and how everything's going to kind of, you know, happen. Um, you, you won't necessarily know, uh, you know, until you're, uh, doing it. But anyways, so speaking of, you wouldn't necessarily know until you're in it, doing it, whatever. Speaking of people that were in it and might know it, Supposedly, former Starfield devs said that there's too much content for the game to ship on time. I guess there have been reports from just, I think, Jason Schreier. I don't remember what he, who, what he works, he doesn't work in video gaming anymore, I don't think. Or maybe he writes about video games, but for another publication, I don't know. Something like that. Anyways, he was talking about um, basically talking to a former Starfield dev that was kind of talking about the game having too much content, possibly too much content to ship, too much content for them to QA in a sense that the ship, that the game is going to launch. Well, well, the guy didn't necessarily say this, but he more so implied the game was kind of in a rocky state, that the engine wasn't great. And I guess you could infer from that that the game's not going to launch well. And if the game's going to hit end of this year then it definitely sounds like it's not going to launch well. I am very curious now. If this person says that there's so much content in this game, it makes me a little bit hopeful. Uh, only because that means that if they're telling the truth, then that means there might be a decent amount of content in this game that's like actually it, good. I mean, I like a lot of Bethesda games. And I feel like a lot of their content is always pretty high quality. Or not high quality, but at least... Uh, it's glitchy in a lot of ways. Their games are very glitchy. Their games are very glitchy and fucked up, especially usually when they come out. I won't give them any passes for that. But I will say that they're at least... It seems that they're at least somewhat creative when it comes to some of their storylines and some of the places and things that you go and experience throughout their games. And so at least that's kind of a cool thing. Um, some of the little experiences and little, little nooks and crannies you can find in those games are some of my favorite like video game memories. Um, and so I'm very curious to see how they kind of translate that to a space genre, mainly because I don't know how you do space effectively, um, without doing some kind of solar system. I don't know. It's going to be curious. I'm going to, I'm very curious to see what they do. Are we inside of a solar system? Are we inside of something bigger than a solar system? If we are, how big are the worlds? Can we actually land on them, take off from them? Are there loading screens? What does this do? Is it all one map? 
you know, there, there's so many questions I have anytime you say this game is in space. Because, for instance, you could have a game like Prey, which I would say is some at least open corridor, maybe not open world, but it definitely has a you can kind of go anywhere, do what you want to a certain degree, as long as you can get through it, kind of a puzzle box you're trying to solve, you know, mentality to the map. And ultimately, when you get access to the whole entire space station, it's basically a gigantic, like open world space station, you know, somewhat, and then you can go fly around the outside. So that's kind of how they get around the whole space uh, aesthetic is you never really leave the space station. So you don't have to fly around in space, you don't have to deal with any kind of space things, you're just in a space station shooting stuff you know, Bioshock style. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see what comes of this game and what this Starfield developer meant by too much content, because they're seemingly making it out. Like there's so much content that they're not going to be able to like possibly finish the game. Um, that the game is, you know, over, over the top, he says the game is looking good. Supposedly the lighting engine that they have is great or whatever, but their flying is terrible. A lot of the uh in the engine supposedly a piece of crap. I guess it's Bethesda's new engine. I don't know if uh you know what they're doing with it if they're going to keep the creation engine, if this is going to be an iteration on the creation engine. Supposedly the creation engine was an iteration on the Gamebryo engine, which was the engine that they had when they made fallout three and oblivion and um what else did they make on that well they they didn't make new vegas but uh and so people wonder if they're not going to or they supposedly said that they're going to overhaul that engine and so maybe it's just going to be another iteration kind of stacking on it which would be somewhat disappointing because in my opinion what they really need to do is kind of just sit down and invest in creating an entire new engine with the exact same sensibilities as this engine, which is allowing it to be as dynamic, allowing it to be as editable, allowing it to be as moddable so that the community and communities that they've built around their games and the modding on their games can still happen, but the games can also come out not as like ridiculous buggy, buggy messes and still be as dynamic as they are, which I know is like a ridiculous feat. It's a crazy feat because like, you know, that's always my disappointment every single time I play a Bethesda game is when I start playing a Bethesda or anytime I play a game that isn't a Bethesda game, especially when it's an open world game, because most open world games, you know, they don't have item like you. Okay. You have items that you interact with. Right. But like Bethesda games, it's like, Oh, you there's items on the table and they're actual physical items that you can walk over, pick up, put in your inventory, or you can literally pick up, throw across the room, or you can like throw a grenade, throw a fireball, something explodes and it shoots that object around the room. It is a literal real object that aspect to me. And I don't know why really kind of makes those games way more realistic and dynamic. Even when you go back and play things like fallout three and stuff like that, because just some of the explosions and some of the stuff happens. So they have some really good ideas when it comes to that stuff. And I kind of hope that they translate that to the next game. But I hope that we also don't get like a Fallout 4 scenario where the game doesn't work or doesn't work well or, you know, it's a hot mess or whatever. And, you know, supposedly this person is, you know, doesn't want to be, you know, 
doesn't want Bethesda to come after them too hard. So maybe they're known. Maybe Bethesda would know who they are. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And it depends on what the person means by terrible. Cause the person could be like, Oh, the flying is terrible. And it's like, compared to what, like most flying in video games is terrible. Like what video game has really kind of mastered like the, you're flying around in a flying vehicle thing. You know, there's not too many games I can think of off the top of my head that feel great when they do that. You know, it's a very hard thing to kind of, um, master, uh, and whatnot. But, and so, uh, there's a lot of things kind of brewing around Halo Infinite at the moment. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's been a lot of resentment in the community. There has been some hope from people, um, as they've kind of revealed some of the new maps, though. Some people say that the new maps aren't enough, um, that they want to kind of, uh, they want more, um, and there is more supposedly happening. Um, there's more rumblings in the works. Uh, they're thinking about completely ditching the armor core system, which is crazy. I guess the only one that they would keep is the yokai one. Um, but they're thinking about completely ditching the armor core system, combining all the armor cores so that you can just put on whatever piece of armor you want onto any piece of, you know, Spartan armor. You can, they're going to probably open up the customizability when it comes to color and like all that stuff. Who knows? But at least listening to one of the major complaints that people had about the cosmetic system and whatnot. Um, though I did see an ad for, oh, okay, since we are updating the cause, the, the armor core system, you have to buy all of the stuff that's in the store right now soon because we're not going to re-release it. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, and so it's interesting to kind of hear that and see what's up supposedly the lone wolf season two update is going to launch tomorrow may 3rd so we'll see how that goes um we'll see what happens with that how those two new maps play if they'll if they're good or not you know uh oh i guess they're bringing back king of the hill and land grab but with three active contested areas instead of one. Okay, so land grab is basically king of the hill, but with three active contested areas instead of one. I'm not 100% sure if we're going to get the battle royale mode, but we'll see. They're supposedly adding another game mode, which is, I guess, the final new game mode, which isn't a battle royale. It's like a 12-player free-for-all where participants have five lives to come out on top. So it's kind of like a, you know, we're going to, it's Smash Bros, Button Halo. I don't know. They're, it seems like they're doing interesting stuff, but also kind of seems like they're not really listening to the community and they kind of got in over their heads when it came to the video game that they're creating, which is understandable. You know, creating video games is definitely a uh, heavy duty undertaking and it's hard to do. But, you know, I don't know if you're saying you're going to make a game a service and you're going to push a game as a service and you should push a game as a service. And so far, what I've kind of seen them do is somewhat push a service, but more just try to kind of nickel and dime people um, and also not fix problems with the game. Like a lot of the desyncing and major problems that people had with how the game played and that was stuff that even pros were having problems with. They were having problems in like tournaments and stuff and like that doesn't look good. And the fact that the numbers significantly fell off because people got bored, um, which says something because the numbers 
I mean, fell off of games, I imagine, like Apex and Fortnite and all those games, but didn't significantly fall off. But I mean, we'll see. Halo's still trudging along. I also don't think the show helped either. There's a lot of elements to kind of how they rolled out this release that didn't seem like they were kind of taking what the, f like taking fans into consideration, which is fine because it's their game. They don't really have to do that or anything, but it's just a bummer to kind of see it happen to a franchise. And then there was like another crazy rumor I heard that they might be making another Halo game that 343 is thinking about making another Halo game. Now what that entails, I don't know. We This could be like a Halo Wars style, like a Halo in a different genre, but it'd be very odd, but depending on the game, possibly interesting to see them take a crack at another Halo, especially if they say, you know, decided to do like a solely single player Halo you know, kind of in the style of ODST, you know, that kind of plays with the genre a little bit. That could be interesting. But it's just it very, it's crazy to me that I'm already hearing about another video game when this video game hasn't even been out for like a year. <laughs> and it's had so much genre or genre. It's had so much drama and so much like, just kind of like disappointment associated with it. I almost, I really wonder if Battlefield 2042 hadn't done as bad as it did. Like say Battlefield was like the best Battlefield that had released in like a decade, right? Would people be talking about Halo Infinite? You know, would Halo Infinite have done as well as it did? Did Halo Infinite only really do well because the core mechanics of the game, which is what I've always said, Core mechanics, the movement, everything feels great. Um, but it does kind of feel like it needs something else. I don't know what it is. And it feels like that throughout the entire game, even the campaign, in my opinion. The game just feels like it needs something else. It feels like it needs a little extra, like, va va voom you know? Um, there's just parts of it that it's just kind of boring almost you know uh and again like the way it plays can only carry you so far because like i remember i was playing the campaign and i was grappling to enemies and like killing enemies and shooting them blah 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 but then i like sat there for a moment and i was like uh, you know and i was going through corridors and then i really felt like a halo game and then i kind of got disappointed because i was like well i've done this before like, I've literally fought these brutes with pretty much the same AI. Like, it doesn't feel that different. Um, pretty much fought these brutes. Pretty much fought these grunts. Pretty much fought, you know, I fought all of these enemies so many times throughout the years. And they're not really coming at me in any different, like, ways that are interesting, you know. And that I, the open world context to me seemed like a good opportunity to give you an interesting way to interact with those same old, same old kind of bad guys. But they didn't, in my opinion, really do that. There's like a little bit, a little bit of it, but not nearly as much as they could have. I think everybody misses the point of games like Skyrim. And like the reason the games like Skyrim are great, they're great because of the exploration. You can go to all these different spots and find all these little cool things. But they were also great because 
the way that things could dynamically shift and change and the fact that there are so many different enemy factions that could fight each other in the game. So if those people stumbled upon each other, they would be fighting without you and you didn't have to trigger that and you could stumble upon that. And things like the dragons just crashing down and that being a fight that you could now be in. Um, I didn't really experience a lot of that. Like they could have had a lot more like covenant ships flying around. They just land and like there was things that were like that where you would go to a spot where covenant were fight them and then more ships would come to that spot. But covenant were already there. So like it to me, it just didn't it didn't feel quite as dynamic. It felt more scripted. It felt kind of more of the same old, same old, even though it was an open world Halo. Uh, and the multiplayer was the same thing. Like I loved the multiplayer. And I played a lot of it, but then you kind of hit a point where you're like, this is the new Halo. Like, this isn't really, you know, like some of the weapons are interesting. Some of them aren't. You're not giving us uh, the modes that a lot of people want to play. You know, you're doing things like Fiesta and like stuff like that, which are fine. But, you know, it just it is what it is. And it, it just becomes a kind of conundrum with that game. Uh, and whatnot. And now, I don't know what I'm going to call this. Uh, just as like a kind of split off. I'm not going to, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to call this. Because I'm going to kind of be reviewing certain things from time to time. As I go back through things. As I kind of re-experience things for uh, a new time, a second time. Um, and one of the things I just recently finished in the video game realm was I recently, I'm recently trying to play through the Kingdom Hearts series because I never played three. Um, mainly because it seemed like there was a little bit of divisiveness when it came to the way that that game ended. And so I just took that as, okay, maybe pass it or it's not it's the biggest, it's not the biggest of deals. But then I got back into Kingdom Hearts one and two and all of them uh, because of the PC re-releases. And so I just beat Kingdom Hearts 1. And it is still very, you know, still has a pretty big fondness from my childhood. There are a lot of shortcomings with that game and with all of those games in general. One of them being that I remember, and I skipped over this this time. I remember, you know, getting the Ultima weapon, facing off against Sephiroth and all the secret bosses that you could face off against in Kingdom Hearts one but beyond that there's not really anything to do end game wise uh and in the final mix version there's like a couple more things to do but still not really that much to do um and that's kind of a bummer um and the game is definitely shows its age in a lot of ways you know the fighting is still amazing the fighting is still amazing. The enemy interaction is still amazing. The combo system and kind of its interaction with magic is still super fun. Uh, it's definitely understandable why it kind of blew up and became such a big franchise. And just it is the whole entire way through. It is very odd. Just the style kind of combination because it is Disney and it is trying to be Disney. But it also is bringing in so many of the weird kind of like anime influences because it's square enix uh and so you get a lot of weirdness get a lot of weird stuff with creatures get a lot of steampunk get a lot of you get a lot of these weird elements that i don't think you've ever really seen in a disney property um save a few 
uh, especially ones that Disney's made themselves and not just stuff that they've let other people make. You know, like when I think steampunk or even like futuristic, not that many Disney properties I can think of, like Treasure Planet comes to mind. But like most of them, you know, they, they kind of stay in a specific realm. Now, of course, when you bring Pixar and some of the later Disney movies that they did, they've gone a lot of places, right? But even then, still, I feel I feel like it's a very odd combo in that game that somehow works and somehow, you know, like it's it somehow works, but it also feels funny the whole entire time. Um, and uh, and, you know, the game being very like shown in this guy is the hero of the planet forever and he is going to win forever because of his heart kind of stuff is not always the best kind of storytelling or whatnot but it is it definitely piques your intrigue the whole entire time and the game definitely keeps you going especially with the whole princess thing and kind of a lot of the things that the game brings up and as you get more towards the end of the game and me now having the knowledge that i have of the later games and what happens it is kind of cool to see the groundwork and it being laid out and you wonder if this was all like thought of beforehand or if this just became the idea or became the thing that they wanted to go with uh when it comes to like the storyline of the kingdom hearts games which is its own monster and i'm really because i've watched a couple retrospectives that kind of like re-explain the storyline and parts of it i call bullshit on because i feel like a lot of people are like extrapolating elements of it um that aren't necessarily a hundred percent uh described in the games um and so that's why i wanted to replay the games myself and be like ah eh, i don't know i don't agree with what you think because i think it's a little less straightforward than you're claiming but you know whatever uh, those games like i said are still amazing the art design is still amazing all of the characters and the creatures the way they integrate them with the disney worlds like all of that stuff still holds up for the most part you know you're still running into it being like a playstation 2 game you know but it's kind of surprising and it, in it playing at 60 you kind of get a different appreciation for the combat system and kind of how it interacts with a lot of the creatures and stuff like that um it's definitely it's super fun um and definitely still has a fondness and a fond place in my heart and still held up still a good time still fun to play i would play it again um which is good because sometimes that doesn't always happen with games that you go back to uh, like, for instance, I'm, you know, one of my favorite games of all time is Pokemon Gold, but I don't think I'd actually ever go replay that on the Game Boy Color, you know, just because there's better remakes of that game. And I don't really, to a certain degree, I'm not like the most, I'm not like, oh, I'm a purist, I have to play that version, you know. And so, like, the final mix versions of Kingdom Hearts and the newer versions of Kingdom Hearts have just been great. And just recently started Chain of Memories because I'm going through them all. And so, we'll see how that goes. Because I've played, I played Chain of Memories and beat it originally on the Game Boy Advance. But I, I've played parts of Re, the 3D version. But I don't think I ever beat through Re completely. I don't think I ever, ever have. So, I'm excited for that because the 3D realm kind of introduces a whole bunch of different elements to that game. Um, and so, you know, that's Kingdom Hearts. And I'm mainly doing this just because Kingdom Hearts, you know, we saw the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? 
we saw, or at least I saw, you probably saw it too, but I saw the trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4 and I was like, oh shit, this is coming. This might be coming at the end of this year. I still haven't played 3. I'm not caught up. I've heard divisive things about how that ends, but I kind of want to catch up. I'm kind of curious. It looks really interesting to kind of see where they're taking Kingdom Hearts with what they showed in that trailer. And if the game is going to be anything like that, maybe they take it even more out of Disney, which would be weird. I don't know where they're going to take Kingdom Hearts. We'll see. But it's going to be interesting, and I'm kind of excited to see, because this is almost like an adult sore now at this point. And so I was like, well, fuck, i got to catch up and start playing these games again, you know? So that's kind of what spurred it. So you'll probably get a couple more reviews of Kingdom Hearts games, along with a couple other games. I have, I still have to be Ghostwire Tokyo and everything, but, you know, we'll be, we'll be getting some stuff. We'll be getting some stuff. Um, but this right here um, was this episode of uh, Bottom Fidelity I hope you uh, I hope you enjoyed it I hope you had a good time I hope you had a good week um, I didn't release a song last month but my plan is that I'm going to try to release a song this month I have a song in the works it's pretty much done I'll probably get some stuff together and have some stuff coming out soon. You'll probably know and hear it on my show before anything else. But if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if you have anything that you want to come and talk to me about or whatever, get at me at nocleanmusic at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, this is the Bottom Fidelity Podcast. I think this was episode 11. No, 12. Yes. So, yeah. I hope you have a good week and toodaloo I, <laughs> I don't know toodle fuck it